This is the Ether Review, a talk show passing the components of the Ethereum global computing platform and its ecosystem. Building on a basic knowledge of the blockchain, we seek to understand the mechanics behind this new generation computing network and the services it powers. Today on the Ether Review, Burnt Lap, the mayor of Arcade City, Michael Thuy, the city's systems architect, and Stefan Ponet, the chief engineer. Join me to discuss Arcade City, the ecosystem, and some recent changes in leadership that have been taking place. Okay, so so guys, can you explain the uh, the structure of Arcade City, the the, the concept, the the movement? and the organization, although I know that there are at least two organizations involved here. Okay, so Arcade City is a decentralized global community for the sharing economy. So what we do is we provide um, a service, uh, the first game of a service, um, which will be ride sharing. And uh, the Arcade City architecture is a platform. So the, the sharing economy should take place on Arcade City, and uh, you can share anything there. But we, as a first step, we focus on ride sharing so that people can get from A to B uh, just uh, using, like using a taxi or using Uber or Lyft today, but uh, on a true peer-to-peer basis so that the driver and his rider, his customer, have a business relationship that only they control. Their communication is just between driver and rider, and they negotiate a price there's no price setting from an entity or from a centralized point. And um, the payment is done through the token that we create ourselves or have cre- are in the middle of creating. It's the ARC token or ARC token that uh, is used for payment within the service. And as I said, ride sharing is the first service that we will produce. But overall, the platform is uh, designed to offer many services that, uh, you know, are useful for the sharing economy, like uh, renting out your apartment, like Airbnb does, finding someone to uh, do pet sitting, and any other service that you would need some someone else to uh, support you with. And in return, you pay them with the ARC token. So that's, that's the basic idea. And uh, we use blockchain technology, um, especially the Ethereum uh, blockchain, to make this service really a peer-to-peer availability uh, without interference from the outside. So that this is in a nutshell, I would say, what we do. Any, any comments from Michael or Stefan on that? Yeah, I would love to add that, um, especially uh, from the dev team, we see RK City uh, more as a game developer, like uh, we now have like Atari, Sega, Electronic Arts. And what we want to do is develop games that you can play in the real world, but where you actually can make money uh, with and build reputation. Okay, this is starting to get really interesting. So first of all, let's let's go. I want to go back to that game, uh, to that idea of a game, a game that you play in the real world. But before we do that, mm. uh, let's look at uh, Arcade One, the corporation, and Arcade City, the. Uh, the non-profit, the foundation. I'm not really sure what the arcade, how these two different uh, different entities are divided. Let me just jump in there because then, then I'll keep my mouth shut for the technical part. That's 
where we have Stefan and, and Michael in here. So there's, uh, this, this product has a history, definitely. Um, so it was created, the vision was created by Christopher David, who um, came up with the idea of uh, providing a ride-sharing service in Austin when Uber dropped out, out of Austin. And he made this available to Facebook and got the community around it. People got really uh, excited about this, and it, it really worked out. Through Facebook, people were getting connected and used um, Arcade City as a ride-sharing service. From that point on, he was trying to set up um, an app that would provide the service that you could use it not through Facebook, but really on your smartphone, mobile phone, whatever. And this is a, a not such an easy topic, and it, um, the, the first version of the app did not um, work out that well. So um, over time, and this is where Michael and Stefan come in, uh, in, in, I think in September, the team of, um, uh, of Antwerp, because this is where the development team is located, they reached out to the Arcade City community um, and said, we have a almost similar product already in place, already um, uh, at least to, to a certain degree in place. And we could amend this, we could change this to be a full product for Arcade City. And um, Christopher David has his own company it's called ArcadeCity.inc. So this is an, an, a corporation in Delaware. And uh, he will rename this to Arcade One, or one of the products he's creating will be called Arcade One. But uh, he stepped down from the position of the of the mayor or CEO, whatever you want to call this, for the product Arcade City, because he wanted to focus on more on his own company that he built, which is not connected to the product. Uh, it's only it will only in the future be connected, maybe possibly, if we open and when we open the platform for um, outside entities to, or uh, people or products to be added to the platform. So this is um, a bit confusing because of the same uh, terminology and names. But right now we have the situation that we have a product that is being built as Arcade City. And we have a company that is not connected to this product um, because there's, uh, you know, the, the, the only connection it had before was that um, Christopher David was in the CEO for both positions, the CEO or mayor of Arcade City, the product, and Arcade City Inc. company. Um, okay, there's good. no, no, there's there's um, no connection. Let's, let's say it like this: there's no connection between them two. And um, Chris just released a, um, a blog post on Medium uh, where he explained that it was always the vision to entangle this or to to have separate entities that the one is the platform and the others like Arcade One and there, there could be many more others can attach to it with a product themselves uh, integrated. So this is kind of this is kind of sad because I met Chris and I know he was hounded by someone who was intent on defaming him. That's that's maybe not correct. I don't know what what uh, what has kind of taken place in in uh, in Chris's past, but. You know, he seemed like a pretty capable guy. He had a great vision. Uh, and he was just, there were people out there who were intent on discrediting him and uh, and destroying his efforts. So I remember very early on realizing that there was really no way that Arcade City could proceed with the baggage that he had. But he seemed like a really capable guy with a, who recognized how to do this and had managed, first of all, to bootstrap this whole thing from the start uh, just as a Facebook group 
and then rally some talented individuals around him to make this thing work. I mean, this doesn't surprise me that he's had to separate himself from the uh, from this core part of the Arcade City project. You know, it sounds like he made a mistake at one stage earlier in his life, and he's very young. He's, what, 25? Do, do you know yeah, how? Yeah, I think it's I don't uh, know he's 30, I think, now. Okay. So it's very hard to, uh, it, it's hard to hear, in a sense, but it, it was, it seemed like it was inevitable. But it's awesome that this idea is being run with and developed, and to see how far it's come in one year, uh, that's really awesome. There is the concern that this is a movement, a development that is mutating rapidly, but I suppose given the technological environment and the unusual circumstances and grassroots circumstances of the founding of Arcade City, that is to be expected, this kind of, this this changing and uh, an altering of structure and leadership as it coalesces into a, a functional and uh, and effective organism, shall we say. Especially given that Michael and Stefan have brought a product that didn't exist prior and may not have, it may not have been possible for this product to actually exist had not technically adept individuals stepped in with something to fill that, that gap. Yeah, so... I think I was, um, you know, I was working with Stefan, Kiki, and uh, Ben in, uh, in in the city of Antwerp, um, and we uh, started A Labs, which is a an R and D team where we were researching how decentralized technology could, you know, change the way people organize themselves and create value together uh, in the city of Antwerp. Problem was that we uh, had, uh, I think, a great technological solution and, and, and nice prototypes, but we didn't have the community bootstrap. So when I saw that I was uh, I was following Arcade City for a while, and uh, the thing I saw happening was that they have a beautiful community. They have like you know the ride sharing is already um, active in the Facebook groups. Um, but what I saw was oh this project could fail just from a technological standpoint because I saw that you know nobody was actually working on the app except for Chris maybe, uh, but there wasn't a development team. And so my biggest fear was that. This uh, project would fail just, you know, not because of the people and the swarm and the network that was in place, but uh, because of the, uh, you know, the technology they needed. So actually, that's why we uh, came in and, and, and offered to, to, to work together with, you know, the, the, the technology and the prototypes we did already and um, use these to build the first Arcade City prototypes and, 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 and stuff. If you say like it's it's, it's sad, I, I totally agree because you know of course I knew beforehand of of this reputation because it's you know it's all online. You just have to Google his name and then you you get all these articles. But I did some research and I saw indeed that it's like a couple of persons that had beef with him in the past and and are trying to destroy his reputation basically. And I think you know the the the, the problem is that Chris is like uh, thirty now, something like that. So everything he did from his 20s to till now is like on the internet. And, you know, so you can look up every mis- little mistake he made, you know, every comment he did. He's a very vocal guy. So, you know, every opinion he ever had is online. And, um, but I was thinking from a standpoint of decentralized technology, I was thinking uh, like, yeah, who cares, you know, because that's the whole point of the stuff we're building. It's all based on uh, a reputation. It's all based on private keys, stuff like that. So it's a trustless system, you know, if we have to trust people and their reputation uh, in order to make the system work, then we, did a, uh, then we did it wrong, because the whole point is that you don't have to trust people and still you can do deals with each other and, and you know, 
be, be secure in doing that. So I didn't think it would be that much of a problem um, for you know for investors and stuff. I thought they will they will look at the tag, they will look at the dev team, but that wasn't the case. So it's a bit sad that it has to go like this, of course. But now we're only focusing on making Argus City a success. And and, and Chris himself, it's it, it's it's a strange thing, but he knows that in order to create value for Arcade City right now, he has to distance himself and he has to work in a you know more in the background from his own company. So that's like the weird thing, you know, that, that in order to help the project, he needs to be in the background or move away. Um, I think it's a bit sad, but I totally can understand, like, the online community and, and you know, how they do their research is just Googling someone's name. And, of course, when that kind of uh, stuff pops up, uh, yeah, I guess why people would think that the whole project is not good because of this one person. But it's 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 like yeah, mostly it's uh, because people don't know how many people are working on this and how big this swarm is. So yeah. Anyway, when we found out this great community, we just wanted to get our technology and our apps in the hands of these people as soon as possible. That's like the only thing we care about from from the dev team's uh, standpoint. That's the beauty of technologists, right? Bert, Bert, Bert always said, like, show me the goat, right? Like Michael said, we we had a lot of the technology, and we saw in that in that whole community, in that swarm of Arcade City, we saw the potential to uh, to make all that technology work in a, in a big group. So there was a synergy for us. So it was a logical reason for us to reach out to this to this big community uh, and make it work. So um, I think I think that the power lies there that we we reached out to the to the whole community, and the shift from uh, from for Christopher David is just. I think a, re- a logical step to make the project work, but it doesn't change anything to the to the dedication that we have towards the project. Is just the I think the 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 people that can execute the most efficiently uh, for for making this project a success are now uh, taking are taking their responsibility in, into making the project a success. So I think that's a good uh, thing overall. Yeah, maybe one more thing I would like to add um, is that when we, you know, Chris, uh, he came to Antwerp, uh, actually, like for, uh, for four days, and we talked, like, really intensively with him, sharing ideas, you know, sharing our vision for Arcade City. And I think from the start of our conversations, it was very clear that we as a dev team, we only would do this as a decentralized um, um, operation or a decentralized group. Because, of course, as Belgians in Europe, we didn't want to have anything to do with an American company where we didn't know who were the investors, what is the legal structure, stuff like that. So so right from the beginning, uh, we said, okay, we're going to do this together. But we as a dev team, we're launching the token and we are launching a decentralized community. Uh, we will not be participating in any company or you know, in, in any legacy uh, company that is called Arcade City. And that's what Chris today, I think, uh, wrote in his Medium post, and he made that very clear. He's continuing with that company. He's even changing the name because, you know, not to confuse, uh, we try not to confuse uh, people with that. And uh, he will be building services on top of the platform and, and the token and technology we're doing, which anybody can do, of course. You know, if, if somebody wants to create an app using our token, they can do that. It's like the, the blockchain is public, and everything we do is open source, so... Anybody can participate and create, you know, their own interpretation of what we are doing. But yeah, just to make just to make that clear, we we always, from the moment we came in, we said, okay, but we're not going to do this as a centralized company, of course, because because that wouldn't make any sense in this context. 
Okay, so we did it. We got through that bit. Because, <laughs> you know, the, this is like, this is something we needed to get cleared up totally, was exactly how Arcade City had uh, was structured and what was uh, in, in the resolution to the saga of its founder. Now let's talk about what was really interesting, which was the idea of re- developing real-world games. Because game development and the lessons of games and, uh, and in-game economies have been something that have informed the crypto economics in, in a major way over the years. And now we're seeing, through Arcade City, we can see this reapplied in a really cool, uh, cool and, and functional, functional utilitarian fashion. Yes, indeed. Yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know if I can, uh, I can talk about uh, how we see uh, Arcade City um, as a game uh, platform or a game developer. Um, so this is, uh, yeah, this is especially the vision, um, <clears throat> you know, from the dev team. Um, as you know, it's totally decentralized, so we are constantly, you know, uh, um, expressing our vision, uh, every one of us, and, and, and in, in some magical way, I think Bernd can synthesize this in one big vision uh, that we all work on. Um, so from the dev team, we see, uh, you know, what we want to do is we launch this token, and the idea of the token is that we um, use that in all the games we're going to develop over the coming years. Um, the first game, of course, will be ride-sharing, you know, getting people from point A to point B, uh, making money with that as a driver, and, and gaining reputation. Every user is, is, you know, working on reputation. In the future, we, 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 we foresee that you can also have other games. We don't want to put, like, you know, we don't want to create an app where you can do the sharing economy. You know, we want to do an app that is specialized in every uh, uh, transaction you want to do. So, for instance, if it is ride-sharing, we will create an app that is really good at doing ride-sharing. If we're talking dog-walking, we'll do an app that is really good at, um, at, at letting people negotiate uh, things about dog-walking. But we have tons of ideas to also do like a, a game where you go and give IT support to people in their homes or, or install a modem, stuff like that. So yeah, the sky is the limit, of course, uh, for the kind of games we're going to develop. But the cool thing is that they will all run on this ARC token. So the ARC token is, 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 is way bigger than you know, only ride-sharing. So the first thing we're building now is the terminal, which is basically your starting point where you can create your profile, where you can manage your identities, and where you can launch uh, the first game, uh, which will be ride-sharing. What's you guys' launch uh, launch time frame? Yeah, Bernd can uh, talk on that. Oh, that's interesting that the dev guy is pointing to me now, the guy is creating it. No, that's good. <laughs> so we call this phase... We call this phase the colony. So we're settling people right now into this arcade city because we're all building this huge city together. And the first step into building a city is that people somehow move to a place. They they find themselves in the space. They build their own houses, maybe. And this is what we do with the terminal. And you can see your tokens. You can already, within the community, you can transfer it to other people that have the same wallet. Um, it's an ERC-20 token, so it's uh, transferable on the Ethereum blockchain. The next step is what we call the village. You know, this is the next phase. This is where we will build the MVP. So this is the, the first ride-sharing app that we will build, and this will be early next year. So in, in January, February, uh, you know, I'm not going to, to announce dates right now because we are we will build this or we'll ship it when it's really good because the, the, the issue or the the not the issue, but the um, challenge that we face is that we, first of all, have apps out there for ride sharing that are huge already. So there's, you know, competing with them is almost impossible. 
So this is something we need to face, first of all, to, to convince regular mainstream people to use this app. And then these people will, for the first time, or many of them will, for the first time, um, encounter a currency or a, a token, not a currency, but a token that they've not um, used before. The Facebook group that we have already, the community, is really helpful with that because these are ex exactly the people we want to address and we can use them for testing the app, testing every step that we take um, with this app so that it's really built for mainstream use. And so the village at, you know, is our MVP. Then we go into becoming a town, um, the arcade town. This is the next phase after that, where we have more features integrated into the ride sharing, uh, like social reputation or your reputation, which is a social feature. And uh, we want to build guilds that structure the, 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 the drivers. They can sign up for certain guilds because these guilds will manage um, either complaints that they receive or you know, give support and so forth, and maybe even be used for uh, settling uh, if there's any controversial discussions going on between riders and driver, and then they could be the, the point of uh, settling between driver and rider at the end. So this is the, the third step already is Arcade Town, and then finally we will come to Arcade City from a ride-sharing perspective at least, um, where we have full features in place, like uh, an insurance in place. We're thinking about having um, an accounting system in place so that drivers can easily, at the end of the month, uh, distract what, what they've earned and uh, deduct the taxes. And, you know, because we're still in the real world um, that has regulations at some point, so if, if people want to comply with these regulations, they can through the app. And it's, it's a very, very simple process. That's, that's what we're aiming for. Just so you know that we're serious about these topics is that we've added some people to our advisory board. So we've already had Paul Pui um, from Airbits on the advisory board. And um, I see his role as being an advisor on the topic of getting blockchain to mainstream. So how to, how to integrate cryptographic uh, key management on, on the mobile device, for example. And other things that he already encountered, and we can tap into his knowledge in that part. Um, we have Olivier Ricken added to the advisory board. He is an expert in blockchain insurance. He's advising big insurance companies in, in the Netherlands, but also in Europe, about how to use this technology for their uh, processing uh, um, insurance claims, for example, or assessing risk, etc. And he's building, he himself is, is setting up a blockchain-related uh, insurance that we will look closely at and he will help us either um, at some point he might be one of the partners that provides the service into uh, to uh, the API or to uh, the platform into Arcade City or we integrate it into the, the product itself. But this could be something, you know, that a, a third party could provide as well. And, um, and lastly, uh, but this is not the last addition to the advisory board, but now just recently we added Dimitri Buterin, so father of Vitalik Buterin, um, to the board, and he's a serial software entrepreneur. Um, so he's built companies, multi-million dollar companies, already providing a software service. So this is something that, that I personally look forward to working with, because this is where I can get 
support in how, setting up the organization, setting up the structure, how to do proper market research to, to really get the product tested in the market and make it usable for um, the end user and not just for us and our vision, but make it usable so that people uh, can really get uh, the best experience of using it. And um, so this is very interesting. And definitely, uh, Dimitri is also very knowledgeable about the technology itself, so the blockchain technology, but also uh, in general, software technology. So we, he will be able to also look into supporting us like uh, Paul Puy as well on the code basis. This is the, the advisory board that we have right now. So we're, we're really serious about getting this done and getting this done at the best uh, possible way. So this is why I'm, I'm not you know, too, too much on timing because to me, timing is if, if you do something hastily and uh, there's this nice saying in, in English, haste brings waste, that's what I don't want to produce. You know, we, we'd rather take our time and make it very, very good but still be able to bring out uh, a product that, that uh, is being built iterative. So it will be in the market and will have an added feature to it. But every feature we, do, we add to it will be tested and will be good. I would like to speak on it maybe from a more technical standpoint. So um, as we are, you know, as the dev team is, 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 is growing now in a, in a, you know, our history is more in a, in a lab kind of format where we, where we did prototypes and, 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 and constantly tested out, uh, you know, ideas uh, with our local community. Um, so we are taking the best parts of that way of working. But of course, uh, now we move uh, our team in a modus of, you know, making actual production ready apps. But we, we, we find it important that we, we take this philosophy of rapid prototyping, rapid testing, fail fast. Uh, that's what we try to do now. And, and we have a beautiful community where we can select uh, some users, um, you know, to test out in real life with, with you know, really in the car with, with the risers. Uh, they can test out, you know, features we are thinking about or, you know, are still, are still um, sculpting into a production-ready app. Um, so that's the way we want to go forward with this, you know, like really using this community and the swarm uh, to give us feedback on, you know, is, is the stuff we are building, is that really working out there in the real world? Or are we just, you know, because we are sitting behind our desks basically typing code and, uh, and we want to make sure that what we build um, is actually uh, very valuable for the community. So I'm sitting uh, at a desk as well uh, behind a computer and I'm looking at all, I'm watching all this through a computer screen. So I don't know how big the, the Arcade City community is in a meaningful way. And, uh, and I also, I'm, this sounds like, this sounds hard. I mean, how much, how big is the community and how much money will it take to make all this, th all this, uh, to make this, this ship float? So yeah, uh, the, the cool thing is about this swarm that we have, um, People on every continent now, except maybe for China, Asia is not, you know, we, we haven't uh, been able to, to, to get things started there. But, um, you know, the, the, the people, the community organizers working um, uh, uh, from within the United States, um, they are in close contact with people, for instance, in, in Europe, like in every major city in Europe, you have, we already have people uh, that are, you know, trying to set up Arcade City in their own communities. Um, the cool thing is that, that everybody has a great example of what happened in Austin, and now we can replicate that model to every other city. 
um, because we're approaching this uh, from uh, from with the swarm techniques, and that's uh, beautifully described in a book called Swarmwise by uh, Rick Falkvinge. Um He's like uh, he's now the leader of the Pirate Party in Europe, um, and he basically wrote down a manual for people who want to change the world uh, with all these techniques and, and how do you you know how do you create a network effect that uh, amplifies ideas and, and visions. Um, and so this is working out beautifully because we, it, 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 just to, to have a little example, um, when we did our first prototype, I thought it would be fun if we can launch that in 12 languages already. Um, so I dropped a note in Slack to Jennifer, that's uh, our like community organizer. Uh, she did a, she did a, she uh, posted a call in the Facebook group, like we're looking for translators. And like uh, 24 hours later, the whole app was translated in 12 languages for free. Because you know we we have people in every continent that are willing to spend their time on Arcade City and and create value for Arcade City because they love the idea. Um, so the cool thing is that we are approaching this uh, really from a from a network uh, structure standpoint, and uh, yeah, it's amazing what you can get done um, if you operate in that way. So just to, to top this all off, could you tell me a bit about the smart contract infrastructure that powers this this entire uh, network of services that you guys envision? Yeah, maybe I can uh, pitch into that one. Um, yes. So we have the so the first contract that we deployed was uh, the coin contract, and then we will add more contracts to that that uh, manage, for example, for the ride sharing uh, that will manage all the the. The negotiation that's uh, being done uh, amongst the drivers. Also, uh, we we are adding the possibility that people can um, they can stake some of their tokens, so some of their ARC tokens, as a reassurance for both the driver and the rider that um, they will be picked up and that they will show up at uh, the uh, at the uh, the time and the location that they've uh, negotiated. So it means that both the rider and the driver can put some of their coins. Uh, in, into the contract, and which will be released when both parties um, uh, acknowledge their uh, their appointment, basically. So that's one of the things we are uh, we are doing with the smart contracts. Now, one of the things uh, we've been criticized or we had some questions about that was uh, for the speed of the the application itself. And so, on the one hand, you have the the contracts, but they have to be mined on the blockchain, which takes for Ethereum about fourteen seconds. So it's quite difficult to have, um, based on transactions, a smooth interface. And therefore, we uh, integrated the technology of Whisper, which is some sort of a messaging protocol, which is also based on top of Ethereum. So it's also completely decentralized. And we are currently using that to uh, to make the, the different devices interact with each other. And that's an... Uh, that's a, like a real-time communication. So when people are negotiating or want to have a chat uh, on the app and negotiate uh, their rights, they can do that immediately using um, using the Whisper protocol. Um, then there's there's other stuff like if a driver, for example, wants to save his profile or wants to upload uh, an avatar image. Uh, therefore, we are currently using IPFS. Um, but maybe in the next uh, iterations, there are also solutions where we can store it on Ethereum, on the Ethereum network. It means that all data and all communication will run over a decentralized uh, infrastructure. So that will that means that there's yeah, there's basically no single point of failure in the in the whole architecture. 
and then the apps itself they just run as a front-end app on the on the mobile phone or on the desktop yeah and maybe one more contract that that is uh, quite important is that uh is the reputation contract so we 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 are still of course thinking about how will we do reputation but uh, just to get us started we do a really really simple version of that and that is uh so if we have a successful token transfer uh, in the ride sharing contract um so meaning the the ride share deal was successful then we will mint uh, so create new reputation tokens and these will be distributed over the driver and the rider basically that's a real basic form of reputation but we think it already you know acknowledges or it already expresses like how long has somebody been in the system is this your, like your first ride you're doing um etc so it, it would it, it's a quite a raw form of reputation but it's you know we think it's better than than no reputation of course like like stefan said like what we want to build is like a, is, is an application or is a solution for the sharing economy that nobody can censor, that you know, e- that nobody can uh, tamper with, and uh, as long as you have access to the to to an internet connection, you will be able to use this. You don't. That's that's why we find it also so important that we're not only gonna launch this like in the app store, uh, but the app we're building it's like uh, it's like HTML JavaScript where we can you know we can translate that into a native app. But we love the idea that we just run it from, for instance, IPFS or from a simple web server. You know, so we can have like tons of instances, and 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 it's it's basically unstoppable. Um, so that's one of the you know uh, presuppositions or the the, the 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 requirements we we set for ourselves is that it is not censorable and unstoppable. Yeah, maybe to add uh, one more thing to that. Um by using the the blockchain and the, the contracts for doing the transactions the both the driver and the rider they can like prove their reputation because they can at a certain point they can prove that they have performed all the all these transactions so there's there's a lock on the blockchain which transactions you've done and when you've done it then so if you want to you can build your reputation based on on all the previous actions you've done and as as you know that that these are uh, transactions that being that are being done in the real world it's a good uh, measurement of uh, of your reputation in the real world so that's that's uh, i think one of the basic uh, ideas where we build the we will build the reputation on yeah and the cool thing will be in the future that you know now we start with the first reputation contract will be you know ride sharing like like you know how good of a client are you how good of a driver are you how many transactions did you do but the cool thing will be that with with your with your arcade city account that we're now building in the terminal um you know you you, you in, a, in a in in one glance you will able to see a certain user like okay he has so much reputation in ride sharing uh, he has n- almost non reputation in in dog walking uh, and he has a little bit of reputation in 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 I don't know the IT support uh, game. So what we want to do is if, if you know go to someone's profile and he shared it, then you can see like in 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 one uh, in one screen you can you know see like what is this guy good at and 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 where has he been active in. Uh, there's one thing I'm still not sure how much money it's going to take to make all this work. Yeah, we we turned that around. I mean, we, we maybe it's because we have been working for. The- city of Antwerp. I mean, budgets are really limited here, um, uh, especially in government, of course. Eh? It's just a budget to, yeah, you guys can do some experiments on the blockchain. Here's some money for that. So we're used to, to well, the way we work is based on, basically, we have almost no money. So how can we do this? 
and we have built our, our, our methodology, how we work. We have built that, you know, based on how can we make as much value as possible for as little money as, as, as possible. Um, so we turn that around. We, we, we don't say we need this much money to, you know, to do this. No, we just look at the budget and say, okay, guys, how can we distribute this budget in order to, you know, create the most value possible with this budget? Uh, because you know, uh, with a token sale, you never know how much you know money you're gonna get. You, you you don't know how much tokens will be minted. The only thing that was really important for us is that we we are really sure that we can continue working on this project full time for uh for a year. So we have reached that that amount luckily in our token sale. So that's a beautiful thing. We you know we as a dev team, we uh we are quitting our jobs. Uh, some of us already did. Some some are in the process of doing this. So we can work full time on Arcade City, and and to us that was like the yeah it was almost like a dream come true. I mean we were we are making our money in in the Ether economy, and we are working full time on a decentralized product with with you know beautiful talent around the world. It's it's more a question of what what can we do with this money than how much money do we need. It's like maybe Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak when they were in their garage, nobody you know went over there and said like yeah how much money do you guys need. To build this multi-million-dollar company, Apple, they were just, you know, trying to to create value in in with their talent, and yeah, we'll see how far this goes. All right, well, uh, Bert, Michael, Stefan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Uh, is there are there any links that the audience should follow up on in order to learn a bit more about what you guys are doing? Definitely, that's uh, arcades.city is our website. And we have uh, our profiles on the website with the email addresses so people can reach out directly to, to each one of us. Then we have a Slack channel. And, Michael, you have to say again, I always say the yeah, wrong so, so, address. Yeah, so if you, if you go to slack.arcade.city, you can self-invite to our Slack channel. So I think that would be the best way if you want to chat with us. You know, that's, that's where we spend most of our time uh, in the Slack channel. Um, but if you want to reach and know more about the swarm and the community, uh, then you better are off on uh, Facebook. And if you just search on Facebook for Arcade City, you will find you know all all, all these groups in all the geographical regions. Uh, but the main Facebook group uh, is Arcade City Square, where people you know gather to discuss uh, everything more swarm related and more real life related. So, so the dev team and, and development is more on Slack, and the real life community is more on Facebook right now. How many people in the? Uh, how many members on that Facebook channel? On that Facebook? Uh... Uh, I think the Arcade City, uh, the Arcade City Square. That's like on an invite, or you know, you have to, you know, you have to apply for membership there. Uh, I think now there's like four to five thousand people in there. I'm not quite exactly. I can't give an exact number right now, but it's like it was something like that last night. Uh, I thought four thousand five hundred something like that. Awesome. But in you know then you have the ride sharing Austin group where people actually um, you know negotiate and, and and ask for ride shares and that group has uh, I think forty five thousand members uh, that are like actively using that group to do ride sharing. Wait, forty five thousand or forty five hundred? Forty five thousand, like four five zero zero zero. And how many in the arcade city? Uh, square group that would be like four or five zero zero awesome well it's been fantastic i look forward to talking to you guys uh in the future this is it's amazing to see how this project has evolved thank Thank you you. thanks
This has been the Ether Review. Visit etherreview.info for more episodes, email contact at etherreview.info or follow us on Twitter at etherreview. Review.